welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast. We're already closing in on the halfway point of the NFL season. Week seven is among us. And uh, Nick Splitter, how did we how did we go last week? Finally, I had a good week. I had a good week. There's a, a lot more green on the spreadsheet looking at it uh, than there has been in previous weeks. So that was that was nice. Yeah, well, why don't we just get straight into results and then we'll we'll, we'll double back. But you, two and one, you're back in form. Two and two from three on your long shots, you're back. You're, you're starting yeah. to get. I think you're plus money now on long shots. So, well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, uh, that's fine. the goal. But but um, yeah. no, it was around it was around this point last year that I think I kind of found my groove. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of decent ones. I think at uh, three fifty for a same game multi. And uh, yeah, Ronald Jones uh, last Ronald week. Jones. Five Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones at five bucks. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. liked that one. Actually, I really liked that one yeah. last week. So if you, if you followed all of our long shots, you'd still be down like five dollars. If it depends on what your units are. But you're up fifteen. I'm down twenty. Uh, but I'm twelve five and one against the spread on my best bets, and uh, you're clawing your way back now. It's uh, eight and ten, so you'll be back in the uh, back in the black uh, after this week when you go three and zero or two and one again. Um, uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So it's, it's pretty rare like, that it's pretty rare that someone's in positive on on the long shots and negative in the the best. But uh, yeah, well, it's funny because like last week was amazing and the week before was was my worst week ever but the podcast I still managed to go two and one but they were my only two winning bets across the slate whereas last week as I said to you just off air I went seven and two but my two losing bets I put on the pod so I went one and two I had a losing week but uh yeah it's it's pretty good and our lock of the week no good I thought we were looking really good when San Fran sort of drove down the field and scored on their first uh touchdown but then uh Jared Goff throwing a, a red zone Pick certainly doesn't help when uh, things go back the other way. But uh, I want to, I want to kind of. I was going to open the show with a little something different. And actually, applaud some some coaching. Um, I thought Mike Vrabel against the Texans was very very awesome with what he did um, with uh, the intentional penalty. And I don't know if anyone has checked that out. I might post the link on our uh, Twitter page because it will take too long to go into the story, but. Took an intentional penalty, played it up for the refs to get the flag. It basically saved them forty seconds, which gave them enough time to to score and level the game. And uh, you know, good on him. I thought Todd Ray, Bowles Ray was sport. always been a good coach, though. He he did spend a lot of time as as a player with Bill Belichick and and as an assistant as well. I think as, as a coordinator yeah. with Belichick. Might, so he's learned some tricks. Friend. He's learned yeah. some tricks because he he definitely yeah. knows how to uh, how to take the penalty for his own benefit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he'll buck the trend on the Belichick coaching tree because it's not a glamorous look at the moment. I thought Todd Bowles was sensational against Aaron Rodgers. I think he ended his MVP campaign or all but ended it. And I think Vic Fangio with the Broncos defense, they are humming without Von Miller, AJ Boye and Jarrell Casey. So I love to sort of crap all over bad coaches, but I just want to <laughs> send out some good vibes after a good week to, to those three guys in particular. But uh, let's get into the, the biggest takeaways from week six and, and what have you got for us? Well, I mean, Atlanta just keep confusing. I spoke about them last week about <laughs> losing their, uh, their their holy trinity of, of offense and yep. their Jesus stood up. I mean, Matty Ice became Matty Ice again and um, – yeah. Impossible to predict what they're going to do this week, but I think it's fun. They're, they're fun when when Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and those guys are on. They're fun to watch, um, and it was good to see them. Good to see them get a win because I like the Falcons and I like Matty Ice last week. So that was that was good. Yeah, well, on the on the uh, flip side for that, 
my question, you know, based off that game, is why the hell did the the Vikings extend Kirk Cousins? You know, they were entering Very the final years. Yeah, that's one of the most overpriced contracts in the NFL. And you know, rather than see how it sort of play out, they decided to hand him a two year extension worth you know sixty six million dollars in March. He's been an absolute disaster. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson looks like he's a legit player, so you can't really blame it on losing Stephon Diggs and. Yeah, he's he's probably the new Andy Dalton. I think like can he win a can he win a Super Bowl? Probably not. If you give him enough talent, maybe if things go the right way. But I just I just ain't seen it with Kirk with Kirk Cousins at all. So this leaves them in a really bad predicament at the moment because I just don't think he's it. It's it's a tough spot because I mean similar he, when he's on. He can be a good quarterback. He just doesn't show it consistently enough. And the Vikings, I think, on the whole. You know, when they're on, they're a really good team, but they're just yeah. not consistent. He's not, consi- each other. he's not even he's not even consistent drive to drive for me. That's like, true. It's just, yeah, that's it's right. It's really weird. Yeah, but you're anyway, right about Jefferson, though. He looks legit. Yeah, he looks legit. That's it. Um, what's your second uh, takeaway? Second one is, I guess, a bit of a conversational point, but I, I don't know if we're going to have time to, to kind of go through it. But I think there are a whole lot of franchises that really have to decide and, and make a decision as to whether they're going to be a contender in 2020. There's there's a pack of, of teams. You look at um, the Bills, the Pats, Cleveland, Indy, the Rams, Arizona, San Francisco, although they're banged up, and New Orleans. And there's this pack of franchises that are all around that kind of 3-2, 4-1, 4-2 mark that really need to decide if they're going to stand up and be counted this year because not all of them can. But on the flip side, not all of them won't. And some of them will be around the mark. Yeah, I think I saw a, the Twitter poll from Mark Sessler about this, and he, he highlighted a few of these teams here. I think it was Bills, Colts, Rams, and Bears, where he said, who do you trust the most? Mm. And it was like, that was a really good question. And then he said, who do you trust the most? And listed their, their quarterbacks as well. So um, I think you're right. I think I the Colts like won that first one fairly definitively. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know about that, the way they started the first quarter last, last week, but they did manage to rally. But yeah, it is hard. There's a lot of there's like three or four probably elite teams, and then there's a whole pack of about twelve teams where they're like, yeah, they're good, but are they good? Can they go on a playoff run? And that's mm. the question. But I mean, the, the next seven to eight weeks, we'll, we'll figure that out. But one team I know is very good, and this is my number one takeaway from from week six is Tom Brady's always been heralded for his decision making. I think choosing Tampa Bay was was a perfect decision for him. Um, that doesn't mean he's won the, uh, you know, quote unquote battle against Bill Belichick, who's still, you know, I know they're two and three of the Pats, but I think they're way, way better than what their record suggests. And I think when I look at their schedule, I still think they're a great price to win the division if they can snag a win or two from the Bills just quietly. But I think choosing Tampa Bay is the right team for him because he can game manage his way to it. They beat the Packers by was it 38 to 10 and he threw 155 yards i mean they've got a great offensive line great weapons todd bowles is fantastic this deep this young hungry defense is flying and he can just game manage his way to a deep playoff run and you know there'll be a game or two where he'll be vintage tom brady and be able to throw for 400 yards and win them a game or two and and they'll probably need that in the playoffs but he doesn't need to do that every week which is what Mm. it's just something he can't do at the moment i don't think in his current age and the way that he's playing so i think his decision, and I think they're a legitimate team, um, and that kind of moves to our question about uh, from our listener question from uh, Chapano about you know is it time to take Tampa Bay seriously? And I, I think so. I know you said 
the start of the year about the composite teams. They always send a foul, but do you, do you think that are you going to backtrack on that or are you going to double down? Well, I think generally, I think generally that that is right. I, I'm not 100% backtracking because I think yeah. I think they've done it well and they've yeah. they've they've taken their own strengths that they had previously, yeah. which was their defense, and they've built around some of those things. That hmm. the you know the two guys or the two major guys on offense, um, you know, especially in the passing game with with Evans and um, Godwin. Uh, Godwin, uh, Tom Brady is almost the perfect quarterback for those two guys because he can kind of dink and dunk their way to move the chains and, and every now and then surprise opposition defenses with a long ball, but he doesn't need to rely on, on his arm for that. Um, And they've kind of built around, around Brady's strengths and weaknesses. I think they've just done it really well and and really smartly. I think a lot of the composite is on offense. I mean, their defense is still a lot of young draft picks and, and stuff that they've built in house. I think the composite is mostly just sort of on offense, but it's kind of, it's kind of clicked when you have a, a veteran quarterback like Brady and, and a coach like Arians, it maybe takes away from the, the stuff that normally makes them fail. But, I mean, it was a perfect storm last week. They had zero, zero penalties. That rarely happens in a game. So that's not going to happen. So you have to expect some regression there and zero turnovers as well. So I don't, you know, if you have zero turnovers and zero penalties, you know, most times you're going to win an NFL game. So that's not going to happen all the time. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers had an off day as well with Todd Bowles having a good day. So it all sort of worked together, but I do think they're a legitimate um, Super Bowl threat. So, um, yeah, speaking of uh, – well, not speaking of, but Chapano, he's, he's doubled down <laughs> on the questions. Um, and this will kind of link to our kind of last joint turnover that we talked about. It's it's two a time in, in Miami, which is exciting. Uh, but at the same time, you feel for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's now benched, Chapanos reckons should they trade him to the Cowboys to kick start their seasons because Dalton didn't look starting caliber uh, <laughs> last week. What are your look, thoughts? It's, look, it's, it's a tough one. Dalton wasn't good, but it was his first game starting in the new offense. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think Miami want to trade Fitzmagic. I think they want to keep him as as kind of the mentor yeah. to, to tour. I think that they yeah. kind of see this. And as much as, you know, Fitz has come out publicly and said that Today, it, hurt, yeah. it hurt to be to, to be benched. Um, but, you know, he still wants to give his, his all for the franchise. He loves it in Miami. And it seems like he really loves Tour as well. So, you know, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I think it'd have to be a pretty good offer from Dallas to, to get uh, Fitz out of, out of Miami. Yeah. I just I think Dallas would just throw the towel on the rack at this point. Tank for, tank for Trevor. Send Dak to Indy. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> Who Sorry, wins that? Really- I'm just reliving my fantasies in my head here. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So our fantasy segment's not fantasy football. It's just my general fantasies. Uh, all right. Week seven. Let's get straight into it. Um, Vikings, Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, all on the bye week. So we're going to wait another week to see Tua, um, which, uh, by the way, I f- totally forgot he was left-handed for a split second there. And I felt like an absolute fool when he rolled out of the end. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I saw Mina Kimes tweet the exact same thing. And I was like, oh. Some vindication. Oh, thank God for that. Um, all right, Thursday night football, New York Giants at Philly. Philly, four-and-a-half-point favourites. The total is 45. Thoughts on this? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I said last week, um, NFC least matchups, no thanks. I'm going to pass again. I mean, this one's prime time. It's. I just can't think of a worse game for a Thursday night football at the moment than, than yep. Eagles-Giants. But I do like Daniel Jones. You know, if there's anything to come out of it, the uh, the Philly secondary is uh, nothing to to you know, 
ride home about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was trying to think of a, an adequate comparison, but there was nothing really I could say. But um, Daniel Jones, two hundred thirty plus pass yards, two dollars even money. He's only done it one. He's only done it twice this year in uh, in the first couple of weeks. But if there's any week to do it again, it's this one. Yep. Here's what you need to know about my thoughts on this game. I've actually booked a dentist appointment right on kickoff time for this one. So <laughs> that's very uh, unusual. That's, yes, that's where we're at. Um, so that's that's my thoughts on the NSC lease at this point. But look, I'm taking Philly minus four and a half, and I don't feel overly good about it at all. I have this Philly six and a half, but I say this every week. I struggle to really rate Philly because of the injuries. Mm. And just the amount of players they're rotating at key positions, it just seems like there's just no continuity week to week, especially on the offense and the offensive line. So, look, that can't be good at all. And maybe I probably should downgrade them a little bit with my numbers, but even still, at the flat four, at home, they are the better team. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better coach. Um, look, the Giants' defense, they're outplaying their talent level significantly. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, I just, I, I got to take Philly here, but. I can't believe Philly are thirty first in DVOA and they lead an NFL division. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's just like the craziest thing for me. It's crazy times <laughs> that we live in, eh? Um, I like it's wide open. Like, wide open division. If if yeah you, yeah not wrong there. Yeah. But um, if I mean if Philly can start getting some guys back and and put it together, this division is there for the taking. Yeah, I try to work it out. You can win the division four eleven and four. That's, <laughs> like I worked it out. So. <laughs> Uh, Imagine being four eleven and four and, and picking thirty like twenty something <laughs> in the NFL draft. <laughs> anyway, um, Buffalo minus thirteen and a half at New York Jets. The total is forty five here. I've got I've got a question for you here. The Jets are zero and six against the spread, and they're failing to cover by an average margin of eleven point three three points per game. They're zero and six in their money line as well, an average margin of defeat of eighteen point three three points. The longest against the spread losing streak to start the season was in nineteen ninety one with the Bengals and two thousand and three Raiders with zero and eight. So my question is this: Can the Jets cover at home plus thirteen and a half against the Bills or plus twenty on the road against Kansas City next week? Yeah, look, they <laughs> they can. They, this I, week I think they more than next one week. Of these games. I think. Yeah, this week more than next week. I think, but yeah, just, yeah. So yeah, look, my numbers have this Buffalo minus twelve. So I have a small lean to the Jets at thirteen and a half, but I just can't. I like I just can't bring myself to to pick Joe Flacco at the moment. Um, they won the third down conversion and turnover battle. I think last <laughs> last week and lost twenty four nil. So I don't even know what you actually do. Uh, if the Jets win this game outright, like I'm here for that though. Like Josh Allen, <laughs> um, you know, Twitter timeline you know, fans would be absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, I think just, he, I think he's too good after that loss to get it to, to not show up here and pummel the Jets. But I just can't take. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I can't take this game either. I think if 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 the Bills get back to their explosive offense that, that we saw in the first month, then there's no reason why they can't win by two or more touchdowns on the road. But it is it is a big line to take here. Um, they played in Week One. Josh Allen had 300 yards and two touchdowns. The Bills won by 10. I know that was in Buffalo, but the Jets have just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, well, they downgraded the quarterback massively. Yeah, so massive, massive. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like you said, it's it's a game that you just can't take. But there is a Josh Allen play that I, I do like. You get two bucks in him to throw for 250-plus passing yards. I think that's massively overs. He's done that every week except last week against the number yep. four-ranked pass defense. And this week, 
against the Jets, the 31st ranked pass defense. That it, I mean, maybe it's a trap, but it feels like yeah, it's a better way. avenue to bet than, than, than the line. I'd rather go down on that than mm. betting on the line. Um, mm. I think that's a good avenue to go. It's, um, it's one of my best of the week, that one. Yeah, so that's a good one. I um I will mention the Jets' offense. I've got to give them a defense. They're playing. They're playing tough. They're just they just body to. blow after body blow, and then it just eventually the you know the straw. Well, I don't know what the saying is, straw off the kettle's back or whatever <laughs> that saying is. But eventually, like you just break. Like and you know they're fighting and fighting and fighting. But there's only so much they can do. They're still 14th in DVOA defense, despite like short fields and and just you know getting back on the field for so many drives and downs. So credit to the defense and their personnel. Um, so, yeah, it's just tough. Uh, all right, Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans minus seven and a half. The total is 51. I uh, am all over the over 51 here. The Saints have averaged a 30-30 score this season, basically. So four of their six games have gone over the total. Their last seven meetings with the Panthers in, in New Orleans has, has gone over the total and – the last seven games off a bye have gone over for the Saints. They get uh, Michael Thomas back as well. That's massive for their offense in a wash Drew Brees. So he's just essentially giving sort of three-yard handoffs in slants and hitch routes and and um, wheel routes to, to Michael Thomas. And I like the over um, on Robbie Anderson. I think we're in agreement here, but Marshall and Lattimore, previously a top five quarterback, a cornerback in the NFL, he's allowing 158.3 perfect passer rating when targeted this season. He's given up three touchdowns, given up some yardage. So, yeah, I think uh, Robbie Anderson and even a sprinkle of DJ Moore, I'll probably just take their over under props. But yeah, 100 plus for Robbie Anderson at 310. But I think you like that even more. Yeah, look, I love both those players. I'm 100% agreeance. I've loved Robbie Anderson all season. He's he's one of my favourite kind of comeback players, I guess. Um, he added some underneath routes to his arsenal. He's a lot more dangerous than he has been in previous years, just as as the deep threat that we know we know he was. He's averaging 6.7 catches on 8.5 targets per game, which is way above his career averages. Um, and you know, New Orleans are allowing the 14th most passing yards per game. They allow an average passer rating of 108.2, the fourth highest in the league, and a massive jump from the 88.7 that they were allowing last year, and an average of three passing touchdowns every week. So it kind of everything is falling into place for for points and for Robbie Anderson. I love both of those. You mentioned the the Robbie prop at 100 plus receiving yards, three dollars ten. Um, you, know, you get 125 plus yards at 550. And I think this game sets up perfectly for him. Yeah, I don't mind uh, either of those. I'll probably just take both and uh, hope for the best there. Um, but, yeah, I just think perfect Teddy Bridgewater revenge game too, which, you know. Perfect. We know we know he's full of revenge, Teddy. Uh, not really. <laughs> he's an angry man. He seems like, no, he seems like the just, nicest guy ever. He does. Um, he's right. just like the guy next door. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, Cleveland minus three and a half. He also calls out, like, a lot of racism too, which I really appreciate, by the way, Teddy. So, good man. Good, good man. Good man. Uh, Cleveland minus three and a half at Cincinnati. The total is 50 and a half. I've got a question for you without reading my notes. Where do you think I stand on this one? <laughs> I reckon you like uh, Joey Covers. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Joey Covers this week. <laughs> Cincy plus three and a half. You've got to give me the home dog with a better quarterback. Um, like, that's this is over a touchdown. I've got Cincy. My numbers have Cincy half a point favorite here. So I'm getting plus four line value, which I just like. That's an automatic lock and load play for me. Cincy, look, they coughed up that lead last week. Kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but. I just think Indy was really flat out of the blocks and then Rivers really rallied and probably played his best three quarters of the season. 
I don't think Mayfield's put three quarters even remotely close to that at all this season, um, probably since they played the Bengals at home a few weeks back. Um, and, and a lot of that was because they ran the ball really, really, really well against the Bengals' run defense. That's pretty horrid. I think they're 23rd in run def- defense DVOA. But I think Nick Chubb's explosiveness and ability to make a lot of yards after contact is missing. He, he's probably, apart from Derrick Henry, the best in the NFL at making mm. yards after contact. And I think that really hurts them when they're trying to get first downs and extend drives. And I think that's hurt them a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Bengals' handling of this Geno Atkins and, and Carlos Dunlap situation a little bit, but I just think Joey's a special type of quarterback and he'll fight to the very end, especially at home. Um, as more and more teams are letting uh, fans into the building, a little bit more fans each and every week. So, yeah, I'm all over since he plus three and a half here. I'll even have a little dabble on the money line. I just don't know about Cleveland. I just, they're one of those teams. I don't know if I can trust them or not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's set up perfectly for you and your, your Cincy cover love. But yep. my, my question is, are Cleveland actually good? Uh, I'm just still not sure. They've got a four and two record, but they're pretty much middle of the road in almost every metric. I, I said earlier that they're one of the teams that need to stand up and be counted. And this is, this is one of those games where they have, they just have to win, you know, especially in division with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And, and they're both really good. Um, that they've got to win this game. And I'm just not sure they have the intestinal fortitude. I'm not sure they're strong enough to do it consistently enough to be a, a, a contender. And I just haven't seen it for, for long enough yet. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I know since he had 29th in DVOA, but I just, I don't know, something about Joey. Just Since, since he are better than, uh, I, th- I think since he are one of those um, examples that they're better than the numbers show. Yeah, or at least from a cover perspective. But Cleveland are only 25th, so it's not like that massive of a gap. So no. just one team's getting a lot of buzz and hype and and one isn't. Since you're developing. Yeah. I think the longer the season goes on, the better they are. The offense is humming as well as, as Joe gets more comfortable mm. and, and they start to... I thought the O-line looked a little bit better too last week. I think they held up Had nothing well. out of AJ Green all season yet as well. No, so. he's cooked, yeah. I'm could could, be, sure a, could he, be a trade candidate. Yeah, he definitely asked to be traded on the bench <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty funny. There was just nothing. It was pretty much close. There was no audio, but you could pretty much read his lips. And he's like, just trade me. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFC least, and we'll spend minimal, spend minimal time on this. Dallas at Washington. Washington minus one at home. Total is 46. Um, so I mentioned the Jets are 0-6 against the spread. Um, the Cowboys are also 0-6 against the spread. Um and Which is I know, beyond me. Yeah, crazy. And I know it was last week was fucking awful. And I, I think I'm 0 and 4, 0 and 5 on Cowboys games this year. Um, I've already torn up my Cowboys futures ticket as well. Uh, just, just Cowboys have cost me a lot of money this year, but uh, I can't quit them here. Getting, getting a point against Washington. You kidding me? Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton can't possibly play that bad again. Like he just cannot. You cannot play that bad again. So Dallas money line, Dallas plus one, and I'm going to say yikes and duck for cover. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd have to get James back on the, the pod soon, I reckon, because I, th- I think we all had Dallas in the NFC Championship game, and yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really keen, keen really to see project what... for Dak snapping no. his foot in half. But no, anyway. but even even before that, they were struggling. So Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I, I'd be really keen to see what he's doing with his book around Dallas. Yeah. But, um, I think it'd be good to get him on next week at the halfway point of the season because I've taken yeah, we'll some see. future stuff. You've taken some future stuff so we can readjust. I, I've took, I took the Steelers at 
29s to win the Super Bowl to start the year and the Cowboys. They're my two okay. figures. So one's gone forward and one's gone completely backwards. <laughs> so it averages out, I guess. It all, I mean, it always, the futures generally do. But, um, yep. I mean, can, from my perspective, can Dallas please keep this up? Please? Like, this is a, this is amazing. Like you mentioned, the Eagles record and, and, and leading, yeah. leading a division. But Do you really I, want them to win the division at, like, like with a losing record and just, like, miss out on a higher draft pick? Like, is that – and then get embarrassed, like, in the playoffs? Look, look at, our, look at the Eagles' last five drafts. They're, they're not great. Our drafting yeah, is not fair. great. So I'm not going to yeah. worry too much about a change in five or six draft positions. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, you know, I've, like you said, I've, I've also been wrong on, on Dallas pretty much every week. Um, there are a couple of weeks where I went really big on them because I expected a bounce back and it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Last week was my best bet on Dallas all season because I just passed on them. Um, yep. But, yeah, like you said, it is, it is tough to take Washington, another pass for me. Okay, Detroit at Atlanta. Atlanta minus two, total is 55 and a half. I mean, anyone that listens every week just knows how predictable I am at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I took Detroit plus three early in the week. Um, I'm not as keen on the value at the flat two here. Under that three mark, I'm definitely way more keen on the money line for Detroit, like around the $2.15 mark. I think Detroit's... Much better team than the two and three record suggest. Um, I know they've those those leads that they've given up somehow makes those losses feel worse, and at the same time, kind of underrates them a little bit. Um, you like they've still been good enough to be up double digits against some really good teams, and I know they've blown them. And I know Matt Patricia is a bad coach, but the offense looks a lot better with Galladay on the field, um, and they're sneaking up in those DVO ratings as well. And I think DeAndre Swift sort of made his debut sort of and I'm in the NFL moment last week as well. I just think the offense is humming and I think you're getting a lot more uh, value here because Atlanta, you know, suddenly emerged and finally got their win, but that was just textbook Vikings blowing what should have been an easy win. Like they just always do that. So I don't know if it, like Atlanta were good, Julio's back and they were great, but yeah, I, I like Detroit here to, to win outright and, and chug along at three and three. Funny, funny that the running game looks a lot better when you get your number one weapon back on the field with a with a decent QB one. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know about Detroit. I don't know. There's huge reversal in form with Atlanta. I mean, we we spoke about them at length last week and the week before, but they absolutely demolished the Vikings. And and whether that was the Falcons, you know, come regaining their form on offense, or it was Minnesota just being terrible on defense. I, I don't know. I think the Falcons are, are good enough to do it again this week. I think they're their air game was just was fire with Matty Ice and, and Julio back to their best. But this week, they come up against a defensive unit, giving up the fourth most rushing yards per game and one and a half rush, rushing touchdowns per game. They're the 30th ranked DVOA rush defense and 32nd ranked defensive line for run blocking. I think this is a Todd Gurley week. I'm leaning Atlanta at, at the minus two, but I really like Todd Gurley props. 75 rushing yards at 320 and 100 plus at $6. I think this is his week, his, his breakout week for the, for the year. Now that there's going to be added attention and added focus on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and the pass game. Concrete boots Gurley. Don't mind it. Just not a big believer in Gurley, but I can see your point. I like TJ Hawkinson overs this week. I couldn't get any numbers at all anywhere, but that would have been in my long shots this week um, if I could suss out a decent price, but... No, I hope so. at all. Atlanta, Atlanta get gashed by tight ends every week. So I hope so because he's dead. in both my fantasy teams. So love the hawk. Um, don't hassle the hawk. 
Uh, Green Bay minus three and a half at Houston. So we've got a little head-to-head back there, Detroit, Atlanta. So that's uh, that's always fun. Uh, we haven't had too many issues. Yeah, it hasn't been many. It's worrisome. Um, Green Bay minus three and a half at Houston. Total is 57 and a half. Massive total, but overs or death. It's funny, we said overs or death last week as our podcast episode, and I think the under went like 10 and four. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm still not doing it. Um, yeah, but anyway, Green Bay, favorite on the road here. Houston finally, you know, get something going, and then they, they just just gave it away at the end there. Um, but boy, oh boy, Aaron Rodgers is really, really effing bad last week. Todd Bowles ate him and LaFleur's lunch. They can't possibly be that awful again this week. Um, they have a much easier matchup taking on Houston's defense. They're, you know, they're a lot more inspired, the Houston defense, since since Bill O'Brien sacking J.J. Watts, especially a lot more animated and upbeat. But uh, they're just really lackluster in talent across the board. Outside of like three players, it's just it's a real stars and scrubs style defense. The 20th in pass defense, DVOA. There are more scrubs than stars, though, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two stars, 12 scrubs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the 28th in run defense, DVOA. Um, but on the flip side, Good news for Houston and their offense that's sort of ticking along as well since Cornell sort of opened that playbook up for Deshaun Watson a little bit more. Um, yeah, 25th in DVOA defense, Green Bay, the past run and pass defense DVOA. So um, consistently bad in both run and pass. Um, so that I do kind of like the points, but 57.5 is a lot. But if you believe in bounce back numbers, Green Bay is 10-0 and 0 against the spread in their last 10 games following a game in which they didn't cover the spread and they're 5-0 and straight up and against the spread in their last five games following a straight-up loss. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to shop around. Green Bay at the flat three, um, I've, I've taken, but I'll keep an eye out in case it bounces back down to that flat three number and, and or potentially even go under that, um, and that would be the play for me. We talked about the Texans being open to a, a powerful run game last week and – Wow, that was a powerful run game in week five. Yeah, 212, 212 yards and two touchdowns, Derek Henry. Thanks for stealing my thunder on Twitter, by the way. I you, forgot uh, that you mentioned all that. I was just like, but I said on the show, like, <laughs> oh, can't you just picture like a 90-something yard run from Henry? He hasn't done you it. You did say like, that. You did yeah, say that. And then you also said he was going to go nuts. So. <laughs> but it, yeah. look, hey, it was good for hey, you. Hey, you only took the 105. I took the 150. So. <laughs> Come on. That's all right. We did well. But Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Derek. Um, but look, I think I think that the Texans' defensive line could be under that sort of pressure again. I mean, Aaron Jones isn't Derrick Henry. Let, let's let's be frank about that. He's not Derrick Henry, but he is. He's strong, not. He, he's powerful, he's and he's quick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's strong. Yeah. He's powerful. He's quick, but he's not Derrick Henry. Um, yeah. and, and this week they've got the added bonus of, of worrying about Rogers and Adams and and the the Packers' air game too. We know Jones was really quiet last week. He had only 15 yards and on 10 carries and pretty sure, like, this guy is, is a, a pro ball kind of caliber running back. He's going to want to get get back to form. He's going to want to ride that shit this week. And this is the week against that that Houston defense. This is the week to get yourself back into form. Um, like you said, Green Bay's defense is also pretty bad. Deshaun Watson can be excited about this matchup, I think, from from an offensive perspective. That's why I'm leaning the overs. I think the lowest total in a Texans game is 44 against Jacksonville and, and the Jags defense. And the lowest total in a Packers game is 46 against Atlanta. And just don't really know what happened with Atlanta in, in that game. But, um, you know, Texans games have gone over 57 just once, which was last week. And, and you know, 
we know what happened last week, and Packers games have done it three out of five. So there's, I think there's a definite chance. This is it's a high total, but I think there's a, a big chance for this to go over. So I'm going the over. Okay, interesting. Uh, the Stats Insider uh, model love uh, Houston here. The line and the head-to-head big eleven percent edge on Houston um, here. In Do love game. the underdog. So, do love the underdog. Yeah, the massive edge there. So that's worth noting for uh, the, all those Stats Insider uh, fans and uh, just check the model out for that. They've got some other some other strong players, but wait till later in the week. Um, all right, let's move on. Probably the game of the round, two 5-0 teams here, Pittsburgh at Tennessee, Tennessee at home, one-and-a-half-point favourites. The total is 50-and-a-half. Um, so while I'm owing something on Dallas this year, Pittsburgh, every time I've tipped Pittsburgh, it's been a win for me. They've been my most profitable team to date. Um, I'm on them for the Super Bowl, so I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan at the moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like them this week, plus one and a half. But, look, you can't help but be impressed by the Titans. You just find ways to win, and, and that's, on, that's on Mike Vrabel. Um, doing great jobs and putting his team in, in good spots in crunch times. But at the same time, only one of their wins has been convincing, and that obviously just happened to be against, against the best opponent they faced in Buffalo at the same time. So that was a very impressive win. But the rest of their wins, it's just really tight, sort of lucky games. Um, and, you know, you got to make your own luck as well, as I said, with with Mike Rabel. But their defense is not good. It's It's actually really, really bad. Um, and I never understood how people rated it once they signed Jadavian Clowney. They they thought it was all going to come together. And this is a guy that doesn't like to train. And, you know, like, sure, it generates a ton of quarterback pressure, but it's not a consistent basis. He's always carrying a niggling injury. He's not playing a high amount of snaps. So I just don't understand why people rated this this Titans defense. Um, I've got this match as a pick So I was always going to favor who the underdog was. But after the injury to Taylor Lewan, I officially sort of pushed me towards the Steelers here. I just this defensive front is just pressuring the quarterback at an unbelievable rate, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down. And and to boot, the the secondaries decided to show up after a slow start to the season. Minka Fitzpatrick sort of officially entered the chat here and uh, <laughs> it started to uh, to make some plays and make some comments and make some statements. And that's uh, that's always a good thing because he's crazy. Look, they lost Devin Bush as well. That hurts, but uh, yeah, I think Pittsburgh is too good. I also like the over, S- similar to the. The Philly Pittsburgh game a couple of weeks ago, two really good quarterbacks. Um, a total hovering around just it's over 50, but I kind of liked it at the 48 and a half. Uh, unfortunately, missed the boat on that, but uh, yeah, I'd probably lean the over as well. But yeah, give me Pittsburgh. Yeah, if I'd seen that 48 and a half earlier, I probably would take that too, but I'm not going to touch the, the total at this point. But there aren't, there aren't many teams I'd be favoring over Pittsburgh right now, even away from home. But even though I've loved the Titans and, and yeah, I've went on and on about them last season, especially their, their offense and their run game last year. Despite my love for the Titans, um, they're certainly not one of the few that I would be favoring over Pittsburgh at the moment. They might have the second-ranked DVOA passing offense and the 11th-ranked DVOA rushing offense, but the Steelers are number two-ranked defense in the game, including eighth on passing and first on rush defense DVOA. So, you know, they're not going to be worried about about the Titans specifically, Um the Steelers' defense really is no joke. The, the Titans' offensive line has been pretty good. Pretty good. They've they've only allowed six sacks this season, but the Steelers' defensive line are ranked number one in pass protection, number one in run block, and they've generated twenty four sacks in five games. TJ Watt is equal third for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He opened at eleven bucks. He's into six dollars. 
Um, I had him at 11. Thank you very much. One of my plays in the in our season preview. But, yeah, Pittsburgh at the line, Pittsburgh money line, I'm all over Pittsburgh. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Tennessee. Like, they're, they're, like, I was just looking at adjusted sack rate in Pittsburgh at first at 11.1%. Tennessee are second last in the NFL at 3.4%. Mm. So Ben's going to have a lot of time behind his offensive line here to make plays and, and find Chase Claypool and the like. And I, I am going to apologize. I got my numbers wrong. So this total opened at 52.5. So it's, I've, I've looked at the wrong game. Um, it was 48.5, so the Denver total. So if this if this creeps down to around 48, 49, I'll take the over. Anything in yeah. the 40s. Um, I'll take the over. And the Denver game, I was keen on the under 48 and a half, but that's creeping down lower and lower because of snow and wind forecasts, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah, we're both on the same page here with Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to get a loss sooner or later. So this might be, it, you know, on the road against a really Are good they? team. But we'll, who knows? They're not going 60 today. <laughs> I mean, they've got to play the Ravens and things coming up. But uh, yeah, I, had them sneaky. Still... I had them sneaky to win the division. I thought I thought yeah. Baltimore were the top pick, but I did have them sneaky to. Uh, yeah, I to couldn't. Buy, I couldn't bite the bullet, but they were my best value mm. by far when I looked at my my preseason ratings and rosters, and I've got them now fourth in my ratings. It'll still take a while for them to overtake the Chiefs and Ravens, you know, because yeah. they were so far above and beyond at the start of the season. Um, but they're slowly they're slowly bridging that gap. The Steelers, uh, they're doing very very well. Um, another team doing very very well is the Seattle Seahawks. Minus three and a half on the road at Arizona. Total is 56. Going to pass on this one. I still think Arizona are way overrated, even though they're slowly climbing up DVOA, um, sort of adjusted net yards per attempt ladder as well in terms of offense. So they're getting closer, but their best play is still just kind of scrambling for 10 to 15-yard sort of chunk plays that aren't really planned or designed runs. So it's really messy. I need to see more. Uh, it wasn't terribly, I thought, Dallas are just really bad last week, more so than Arizona being good. Um, but look, Seattle's defense just invite close games at the moment, so I can't take them over three and a half points on the road in the division game. I just think this number's spot on, so I'll be avoiding it altogether. I think it should be fun to watch. I mean, they're both top 15 offenses. Um, Arizona have a, a top 12 defense, I think. But like you said, I, th- I think there's, I think that's a little bit over overrated. Um, they've got the second-ranked DVOA run. Offense, Kyler Murray. You mentioned before those kind of scrambles, but you can't stop it. Even if even if you stopped everything else, you can't stop Kyler Murray. Um, and and then they've still got Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds on the ground as well. They're ranked tenth for both pass pass and rush defense, but I think that's a slight overreaction because of of what they did to the Jets and the Cowboys in consecutive weeks. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of points in this one. I like the overs. It's, it's high again. Like you said, 56 is high, but I, um, I'm going overs. These totals just keep creeping up and up and up every week. Uh, I wonder when the buck will, will stop and it'll start to sort of It's just 2020, uh, man. Plateau. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right, Jacksonville at uh, the Chargers. Chargers are seven-and-a-half-point favourites here at home. The total is 49. I'm going to be really – going to use the Michael Scott uh, kiss method here. Keep it simple, stupid. Um Jacksonville finally showing us who they truly are. I think the Chargers are the best one and fourteen in the NFL. Herbert's a legit quarterback. He's three and one against the spread as a starter, so he's he's getting to Joey. It could be Justin Covers as well. Joey Covers and Justin <laughs> Covers. Um, LA like kind of own the Jags of late. They're, they're seven and one straight up and eight and zero against the spread in their last eight games against the Jags, the Chargers. So I love playing them. Um, I think it was Philip Rivers' best game last year. He just shredded the Jags, so they just know how to play each other. 
Uh, I know it's a big point spread here, but like, yeah, for for a one and a half, yeah, one and fourteen. But yeah, give me the charges. Um, I'll take a minus seven and a half, but maybe you know, keep an eye out for any flat sevens, and then I'd be all over that. Yeah, I, I love Justin Herbert. I've been saying it since week two that, that the way that he moves, the way that he throws the ball, he just looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. Uh, but I still hate the charges, and I'm certainly not taking them over a touchdown against anybody, really. It's a pass for me. Okay, there we go. Still hate the charges. Damn. Yeah, still hate the charges. I like Anthony Lynn. I like Justin, I like Justin Herbert, but that's I don't like it. Anthony Lynn at all. I just he's too yeah. much of a coward when the game's on the line for me. I just <laughs> I can't I can't buy into him. No, nah, I think he's a good man. He's a good man. You think he's a good man? He is a good man. I just don't know if he's a good coach. So um, no, I do. I, I yeah. do think he's a good coach. I think, I think he's got a lack of talent. Yeah, it's for me the Chargers. Like they're great. Do you know what their boy? Like they're they're twentieth in DVOA, but they've got a sixteenth ranked offense, twelfth ranked defense, and they're just weighed down by special teams. It's just death taxes and and special teams. Chargers special teams. They're thirty second in the NFL. That if. I could have put a million dollars on that at the start of the year if I had a million dollars. It would have been the Chargers will finish last in DVOA for special teams <laughs> and, like, they're already well on their way. So ah, that's frustrating. And when you're taking a minus seven, you're probably right. That's going to hurt them. They'll miss an extra point and win by six. You just know that's going to happen. Um, all right, Kansas City minus 10 at Denver. The total is 46. As I said, it opened 48.5. It's trending down and down 45.5 at a lot of places. Um, but yeah, as I said at the top of the show, really, really impressed with Denver's defense last week. But yeah, now they're getting 10 points at home, probably the only place in the NFL with a genuine home field advantage, you know, in 2020. Um, it's very, 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 very tempting. But this offense is a lot harder to stop than the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots, you didn't really have to respect the, the passing game last week. It just wasn't there. just didn't click for them. Um, it's a little bit different when you've got Patrick Mahomes and Co in town. Um, but yeah, I really like Denver here. I have them seven. I have Kansas City seven and a half point favorites, and with some wild weather, there's ten mile per hour wind and snow predicted. Obviously, an outdoor stadium up there in the altitude. Yeah, um, I feel like that's going to help the dog here, especially when you've got a total at forty six and you're getting ten points. I know my number one rule this season was not to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to take Denver plus ten. I'm also going to take the under 46. So I am like on a kamikaze suicide mission, like walking through fire at this point. I'm betting against Patrick Mahomes and points in 2020. So like, yeah, I'm pretty much at the gap right now, contemplating whether to jump. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> in terms crazy, of betting. Terms crazy, of betting. crazy taking the unders in a Chiefs game, let alone in a yeah. 2020. But it's going to be game. snow. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've I like it after unders, a snow game. I've taken the unders once and I think I got – burnt by about 30 points. Um, yeah, yeah, taking the unders in a 2020 Chiefs game, I don't care who it's against or whatever the reasoning is. So it's a pass for me, although I don't mind your reasoning, but I'm still not going to touch it. Yeah, um, I'm not putting it in my best bets. I'm going to just put them together in a double for a long shot, and that's yes. probably the avenue. So yes. it's not as a little double on the double. Bad as, bad as a sweat. One of those is going to hit, I can tell you that. <laughs> One of those will hit. So if you bet on both, you'll just end up losing 7% of your um, outlay. Except, um, when, right. except when the Chiefs win 35 to yeah. 25. Yeah. Sorry. And if you lose 7%, 24. please find a better bookmaker. That is a terrible edge. Uh, San Fran at New England. New England minus one and a half. The total is 44. This opened at New England minus four and has been bet all the way down to minus one and a half. And San Fran, I really wish like they were one of my best bets last week. It was such an obvious spot. Um, I took them anyway. 
but I just wish I put them in my best bets. But I do think they're a lot better than the public's perception of them. But, like, I can't remember ever getting this type of value on Bill Belichick at home, like, close to pick him. Like, it seems crazy. I feel like Bill gets off on these type of matchups, <laughs> off, off a loss against a highly touted coach in, in Shanahan. Well, you know um, he hasn't gets slept. The, yeah, exactly. He, has a, he gets a take on Jimmy Garoppolo as well, you know. So he knows the quarterback. He knows his strengths. Um, San Fran are also in a real sandwich spot here. They're traveling cross-country from home to New England, and then they're going back to – to the West Coast um, for another divisional game. So this has been sandwiched in between two really important divisional games here. Um, I just This just screams value for me now that you're getting three, two and a half points value here. Um, and this could could keep going if, if the money suggests it will. Um, I, I expect now that money will probably bounce back the other way because it just seems crazy to me to get Bill Belichick at home at minus one and a half. But yeah, that's what that's what I'll be all over here um, at home. I think Cam Newton and the offense have to have to play better. That that was like it was like a fourteen day break when they last played because of COVID and everything. So it's just like it was kind of like a little preseason break. Like like yeah, I think they'll be better. They have to be. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree. I'm on the Pats minus one and a half. I think that it's possible that 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 number does come out again to, to two and a half or three and a half. I don't know, yep. don't know if it gets to four again, but I think it will come out as I guess a bit of a, an overreaction. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean Raheem Mostert out again for another couple of weeks just adds to the the list again of, of Niners injury worries. So yeah, Pats for me. Yeah. I just had a look around and it's already back out to two and a half at some places just in the last few hours that we uh, we put this down. So anything under two and a half, I'll take. So flat two, one and a half, one for New England um, as a as a favourite. Yeah, I think I'll probably even take two and a half. I'll probably still take two and a half under yep. three. Yep. No, that's a good shout. But like, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton was really, really bad, but like it has been such a long layoff. He also had COVID, so it was his first sort of run out. I think uh, I think they'll get. Have to be better, hmm. and the Niners uh, are, are talent. Like you said, the Niners are talented. They've still got talent, but they're definitely yeah. undermanned. Yep, especially now they lost uh, Garland and Raheem Mostert as well, mm. who was looking really great before he went down. Um, anyway, this Sunday night football game's off the board at the moment. Uh, Tampa Bay at Las Vegas total total off the board as well. So this is the Raiders' O line's just in COVID hell at the moment. Trent Brown. Uh, COVID, so he's definitely out if this game goes ahead, and he's been in contact with you know his entire team and coaches, and and when I say entire team, I meant the O line team itself, um, and and probably the offense. So there's a good chance this game does not go ahead, um, and this line, like if you take out an entire O line, like that's an entire position group gone. I don't even know if if the Raiders will even have players to field an offensive line, so. Um, I had this Tampa minus three and a half, so I was all over them at the minus two and a half. But I still think the Raiders are pretty saucy. I think Henry Ruggs is is legit. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what can you say about this game. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. I mean, my my biggest question is what happens to the schedule if there's no Sunday night football? Do they move another game to, to fill the slot, or what do they do? So I don't know. Yeah, do you push Kansas City Denver out to, to prime time? Snow Maybe. prime time. Drew Luck in prime time. The Prince. <laughs> what well, well, the Prince that was promised to us. Um, all right, last game of the round, Monday Night Football, Chicago at Los Angeles take on the Rams. Rams are six-point favorites. The total is 45. Uh, I have this Rams minus six and a half, so I have a small lean the Rams, but I need to see more on both these teams, to be honest. I feel like I'm overrating the Rams a little bit, 
and I'm still underrating the Bears as well. Even though I, I backed them last week and, and talked them up a little bit, I still think I'm a little bit luke, lukewarm on them. The Rams, look, they're 4-2, and two, but all four of their wins have come against the NFC least. Um, and their schedule means that they haven't really played too many tough defenses. Um, and the Bears' D ranks fifth in points allowed per drive and DVOA, second and third down success rate, first in red zone success rate. I just don't have any faith in the Bears' offense. So this is, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm going to pass. Yeah, it's that old offense versus defense trick again. I think, like I said last yeah. week, normally I'll, I'll take the defense, but not this year. I'm interested. I, I was looking for some props before, but I, I couldn't find many on, on this game. Um, but uh, the Bears, two and three receivers. I think Robinson obviously get Jalen Ramsey. Um, there'll be a fair bit of a fair bit of attention for him. But I think guys like Anthony Miller and some of the the other guys that that potentially play a, a bit more in the slot, play a bit more underneath. I think they'll they'll get some of Nick Foles' attention. Um, so it might be worth having a, a look at those if you get Anthony Miller at, at forty or forty five yards overs. Be be looking at that. But um, yeah, there's not much in this game to to look forward to. To be honest. Yeah, I'll never be betting Anthony Miller again after he, he scolded me against the Colts where they, his line was like 23 and he like he was on 19 and dropped, like had six targets and caught two. Oh, prop, betting is, defense. prop betting has done my head in this year. I'm, I'm just going to, to quit it uh, at this point and focus on the Lions. All right, uh, that wraps up week seven. What's our lock of the week? Do we want New England minus one? Do we want the Pittsburgh money line? Well, I What's... mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh plus one and a half. I think we're both... We both like yeah. the money line, but um, Pittsburgh yeah. at the plus is kind of seems an easy one yeah, for right. us. Let's, let's do Pittsburgh one and a half uh, here on the road. Um, Pittsburgh's been fire for us this year. It's kind yeah. of the team of the pod at this point. Uh, I think yeah, they've been our. I think they've been our best bets for this will be the third time. They're, they're two and zero. Oh, so uh, it was Tennessee uh, for us last year, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was Pittsburgh so far. All right, so Pittsburgh, one and a half uh, for our lock of the week. Uh, we're on a little bit of a, a dry run, but we'll, we'll bounce back here with Pittsburgh uh, getting the outright win, I reckon. So uh, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, Nick, what have you got for long shots and, and best bets to, to wrap up the show? Yeah, a bit opposite to you. I'm uh, I'm going more props than the Lions. Although I've got I've got Josh Allen, 250-plus passing yards, like I said, at $2 uh, at the top of the show. Carolina, New Orleans, over 51 and New England minus one and a half. And long shots, like I said earlier, Todd Gurley, I think it's it's Todd Gurley week. Might be his only one for the year. Ten bucks on uh, <laughs> Todd Gurley, 75-plus rushing yards at $3.20. Uh, and I'll have a little play at the 100-plus yards at $6. And uh, like we both talked about, Robbie Anderson, 125-plus uh, receiving yards, $5.50. What do you yeah, got? I- I'm definitely keen on those those Robbie Anderson props, but uh, I did want to double down on long shots, so I sort of mixed it up. But um, I didn't talk about him before. I'll start with my long shots. I like Justin Jackson this week, 100-plus rushing yards at 425. He he looked really explosive. They got him on the field um, in that Austin Eckler role as well. So he's, he, he outsnapped Joshua Kelly big, big time last, last week, and we saw how bad the Jags run defense was with DeAndre Swift and, and Adrian Peterson both putting up uh, like – Stellar numbers last week, so I can. And Miles Gaskin the week before. Yeah, exactly. So I really like Justin Jackson this week. Um, so four twenty-five on offer for a hundred plus. There is just really tempting. So that's my biggest bet for the long shot this week. I got uh, the Denver plus ten under forty-eight same game multi. So I've sort of juiced that total up a little bit and, and juiced Denver to a flat ten because they're nine and a half at most places at ten 
at a couple of books there. Um, and that's at, yeah, three dollars ten. And then I've got Tyler Boyd, 100 plus yards at 310. He's kind of emerged as a uh, as Joe Burrow's uh, number one guy, and I think uh, rightly so. He's he's been great for the last you know two years now. He was good last season um, in quarterback sort of purgatory, even with Andy Dalton. So I like him this week against a, a Brown secondary. That's that's no good. Um, my best bets: Joey Covers plus three and a half. Cincy against the Browns. The Detroit money line. I'm going to take that against the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, yeah, Dallas plus one. So I'm sort of dog week for me here. I'm taking the taking the underdogs uh, this week, and, and obviously Pittsburgh plus one and a half is our best bet. So yeah, it's uh, it's underdog week. Maybe where underdogs and unders. Halloween? Underdogs and unders for you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. It's, it's full moon's <laughs> out. I don't know. It's, uh, it's where we're at here. So as we get to, I don't know, it's grand final week and maybe just uh, feeling a Box little plate. bit airy and a little bit adventurous. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So, all right, man. Well, that wraps up the show. Any final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap this up? No, big week. Big week on the punt, that's for sure. Like you said, grand final week, AFL, NRL, uh, Saturday night, Sunday night, and uh, yep. Cox Plate, Saturday afternoon. Massive week yep. in uh, in Aussie punt, but uh, yeah, we'll try to get James on next week for a halfway yeah. halfway mark yeah. touch point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, that wraps up week seven. So we'll be back next week for week eight. Um, we'll just talk all things futures atop the show before getting into to week eight. And we might see if James will stick around and, and talk about week eight as well. Um, but that wraps up the show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Splitter, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at JYNFL. Please check out Sportscaster as well and, and Stats Insider and uh, have a look at those uh, percentages and edges there for all things NFL. And as always, gamble responsibly. Thanks for listening.